You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 408. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 408. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, audience, Amy here, and this week on the Joy Junkie Show podcast, we're going to be talking about 17 different ways that you can start taking up space. Last week, I had the great fortune to have my very best friend and fellow life coach, Andrea Owen, on the show for us to discuss how to take up space, how to make some noise, how to allow ourselves to be as worthy and as deserving as the next person in holding court, taking up space, being able to honor who we are in this world without cowering or acquiescing or always making sure that everybody else is taken care of first. So last week we had Andrea. This week I'm going to be discussing 17 small little ways that we can start. Well, they might actually be big ways, but ways that we can start taking up a little bit more space with very small uh, action, that it doesn't have to be these massive, grandiose, big pieces of action. It can be very small things that we start curbing about our behavior, about our language, that can really change how we view our own self-worth and deservedness in taking up space around us. Next week, we're going to be starting a brand new series on self-abandonment, which we've never talked about before. I'm going to have two brilliant therapists come on the show where they're each going to share their different takes about self-abandonment and what that looks like in various arenas, whether it's codependency, whether it is dealing with social constructs, so lots of cool stuff that we've never really addressed on the show before. So stay tuned because that will be coming up. So a bit of a content warning or a trigger warning for what we're talking about today. Whenever we're talking about taking up space, I think that it really is important to underline that the barriers of taking up space are going to really differ from individual to individual based off of where you fall in the social space. Spectrum. So if you are a part of any marginalized communities, like being a fat individual, and from what I can surmise from the body positive movement and people who are actively speaking out against fat phobia, there is sort of a reclamation of the term fat as to to say that that's not necessarily a bad word and that's part of the problem in our society is that we view fat as bad. And to reclaim that as a very simple descriptor. So that I just a preface of why I use that word. So whether it is somebody who literally, because of the body you're in, take up more physical space, 
or if you are somebody who is a person of color or perhaps you have a disability where there is a, a bigger pull to, oh my gosh, I need to make sure ever, the able-bodied community is comfortable around my disability or the white community is comfortable around my blackness or whatever it might be or the queer community. What I want to say about all of those communities is that the utmost importance needs to be placed on your safety and you making sure that you are okay. Because the last thing that I want to do as a woman who is a white, cisgendered, pansexual individual uh, woman who I, you know, I obviously identifies as a woman, I don't know what being in those different types of bodies truly feels like. Now, I'm certainly doing my best to pay attention and listen to and and be as, as, as positive and supportive as I possibly can be, but that's not my lived experience. So when I share this advice with you or talk about the ways to start taking up space, I want you to understand that that I'm speaking obviously from my own lived experience, trying to be as accommodating to everyone's. But what you need to do more than anything else is make sure that you are taken care of, that your safety is the absolute number one thing. So the reason why I mean that is, so let's say that you identify as trans and you are wanting to take up space in an area where your safety might very well be threatened. Does that mean you don't deserve to take up space? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is we can do nothing for the revolution and for advancing the rights of every individual and equity and equality if you aren't here with us, right? So I want to just be very, very clear about that from the get-go that the that there definitely is privilege in this conversation of being able to speak up. There are certain situations where a person of color could not speak up and actually be safe. So I I just think it is a responsible concept to bring up as somebody who talks about personal development concepts all the time. And if you're interested in all at, at all about digging a little bit more into this and how some of those things might be different for people in marginalized communities, Brene Brown and Tarana Burke recently compiled a series of essays by a bunch of black individuals talking about their experiences with vulnerability in particular. And it is called You Are Your Best Thing. We'll be sure to link that in the show notes. But that was a really interesting and awesome testament to how a concept like vulnerability that is often touted and discussed in personal growth arenas is interpreted very, very differently by people who inhabit different bodies. (laughs) So I thought I would just throw that out there. I thought that was worth mentioning. So trigger warning, content warning. I don't think anything is massively controversial, but I want everybody to always be taking care of themselves uh, first and foremost above all else. All right, so let's jump into 17 ways that you can start taking up space. Number one, stop apologizing and over explaining. This can also be about not using words like sorry 
over and over and over again or there's a common thought process that's out there around not using the word just like when we say well I just wanted to ask you a quick question or I just wanted to run this by you that that implies that there's already an inconvenience that you are bringing to the table. I don't think that's always the case. I don't think that we need to eradicate certain words at all costs all the time. But that one I do think is worth being mindful of. Same with saying I'm sorry. If that's your gut response and you're saying it in a way that you're saying I apologize for me, I apologize for taking up space, I apologize for my emotions, my thoughts, anything that might be inconvenient for this other person could be sending a subconscious message to yourself that you just don't matter as much as that other person. Now, again, I don't think that we stop saying sorry when we've actually fucked up, when we've made a mistake, or when we're expressing empathy. I do think when somebody says to us, you know, my my grandfather just passed away, you can absolutely say, I am so sorry to hear that. You're not coming from a place of I'm inconveniencing you. You're coming from a place of empathy and compassion. So a lot of times your vernacular and your semantics have a lot to do with the come from. And I think in that case, you can certainly say, I'm so sorry to hear that and be coming from a place of empathy rather than a lack of self-worth. But start noticing in your life, when are there situations where I apologize over and over again or I over-explain? A classic example of this is when you aren't able to be a part of something or you can't make it to an event or you need to decline. And then you want to give this elaborate fucking story about why you are justified in that decision. It's not up for debate. It's quite simply that you're declining. So start noticing, are there areas in which I use the word sorry or just or where I apologize for myself or I overexplain? Is there a way that you could curb that even just slightly? Number two, stand in powerful body posture. If Mr. Smith was here, he would be going off about that. You, it's very, very hard to have emotions of confidence and power if you're slumped over or you've got your arms kind of folded and you're in a depressed, hiding out type of posture. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to an episode specifically that I did around apologizing and over-explaining, but then also to an awesome TED Talk. You may have heard me talk about it before by a woman named Amy Cuddy who examined the role of posture as it relates to how we feel confidence-wise. And I would highly suggest having a watch through that if you haven't before. But even just standing with your feet kind of slightly apart where you are really anchored into a strong positive stance, you've got your hands on your hips, that can be a very powerful pose that starts to actually physically take up more space, more geographical area, because you're going, I deserve to occupy this area. And from Amy Cuddy's research, we also know that it starts to amplify how you feel about yourself, that it begins to correlate to an emotion of confidence. And she has a whole slew of them. She's got like a victory pose. She's got a one that's almost kind of like a gorilla. It's really quite fascinating. But standing 
in a way where you are proud of your body allowing space to be occupied. Number three, make peace with your body. Start to take up literal space. Now, this is going to be dramatically different depending on what body you find yourself in. I'm not going to say lightly that this is just number three, check it off like it's fucking easy. This is going to depend on what body you happen to find yourself in. And if that body has changed over the years, if it is a body with a disability, if it is a body of color, if it is a body that is large, if it is a body that is not large, there are so many different ways that we vote on the body that we are allowed to be in. And this is something that I've been grappling with a lot lately in my own personal life because I am much larger than I have ever been in my life. And it's actually been such a testament to walking my talk and learning how to actually take up space and be okay with that. Now, I'm certainly not going to try to hijack the body positive movement because that is not for <laughs> that's not for people of my size. That is to amplify the voices of fat individuals who have been marginalized in our communities for years and years and years um, because it, fat phobia is so rampant. And what I would highly suggest you check out, there's a book called Your Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And we will put that in the show notes as well. I think she can speak far more adequately and eloquently about what it is like to inhabit different bodies and what that means to actually love your body in all of these various different forms, despite what society might say about it. So being at peace with your body and genuinely loving it because of all of those factors, I think can be a radical act of defiance, an act of rebellion, standing in this resistance of, no, you don't get to keep telling me that because I have a, a body with a disability or because I have a fat body or because I have a body of color or I have a body of anything else that doesn't fall under what a, quote, perfect body looks like, that I'm going to have to just deal with not being enough. Fuck off. Absolutely not. So you loving your body can be such a huge statement of the revolution, truly. So again, I'm not going to say that that's an easy one by any standpoint, but think about what that might look like. Number four, speak up when you're offended. And this this is such a great way to say, hey, no, I don't concur at all. If you've hung out with me for any number of years, you'll know that I'm always talking about you can speak up for yourself and you don't necessarily have to open up this big old can of worms. You can say to somebody, you know what, I actually don't share that opinion or I find that highly offensive. So I'm going to politely excuse myself or I would appreciate it if you would not bring that up any longer. It doesn't mean you have to get into a big fucking debate. And if they make you wrong, if they say, oh my gosh, you're such a snowflake or you're so sensitive, or, you're so this, I don't appreciate you dismissing my emotions about this. I'll state it again. I find that offensive. I would appreciate it if you didn't mention that around me. Stand your ground. Do not let somebody dismiss you because they've done something offensive. 
they don't have to agree with you, but they sure as fuck need to respect you. Otherwise, you need to be able to take matters into your own hands and remove yourself from the situation, hang up the phone, leave the office, like whatever it needs to be in order to say, I want to state for the record that I am not okay with that. Do with that what you will, but I want it to be very clear that I am not in agreement with you. That may be all you have to do as far as speaking up. And in the show notes, again, we'll put a link to speaking up for yourself and, you know, a bunch of different pods I've done about a lot of these topics where I've elaborated on, elaborated on them in a much more thorough way. Okay, so number five, speak up in general, okay? Not just when you are offended, but in issues at your kid's school, at the doctor, at the dentist, if you're not getting the support or the advocacy that you need from your own medical practitioner, say that. Speak up. When you didn't receive a service that you paid for, if your meal is wrong (laughs) at dinner, I used to be terrified of this years ago. I mean, it's probably a shocker to hear that now, but I would have the hardest time saying, oh, I actually didn't order this or I wanted this instead. And obviously now I know that I deserve to take up that fucking space. I'm paying for that. It's important that I get what I paid for. This is not just a like a friendship situation, right? That how that has transpired for me a little bit more lately in my my recent life is a lot of the business mentorship and different sorts of investments that I've made with various coaches and mentors and programs and classes are much higher of a cost than they were years ago at the beginning of my business. So I'm investing a shit ton of money in people to help me and to support me. So I am going to get my fucking money's worth. So if somebody isn't available for me or is dismissive of me or I don't feel like it's a fair exchange of energy, I am going to say that. I am going to speak up about that. And and I absolutely have in the past. Okay, Uh, speaking up when you're in a dating relationship. If you don't want to see somebody else, see somebody again, if you are having difficulties in your relationship, and you can do a search on my site. We have done tons of pods on how to communicate inside of a relationship. But even when somebody doesn't agree with you, start learning how to speak up just flat out in general. Number six, ask for what you want and what you need. Andrea talks about this a lot. If you caught this in the episode last week, we need now more than ever women asking for what they want, demanding higher pay, asking for what we want inside of relationships, not feeling like being, quote, needy or demanding is awful and dismissing us. It's about taking up that space, standing in that confident posture and saying, here is what I want. Now, that does not always mean that we're going to get it. There are going to be times when you're in a relationship or you're in a work relationship where you are asking for something and it's denied or it's declined. That may happen. The important piece is that we are actually doing the asking. 
Have you ever met people like that who you almost are shocked and impressed by their ability to ask for what they want, where you're you're not going to give it to them or it wasn't not something that you're available to do, but you're almost impressed with their audacity? We need more of that. We need more of us standing in our own motherfucking worth and saying, whether or not you give this to me, I want it to be clear that I believe I deserve it. Asking for what you want and what you need. Now, I will also say, based off of my methodology and how I work with people, I did really truly believe that it's about how you convey that and that you can be incredibly assertive and confident and powerful and kind and understanding and compassionate. But I do think that it's important as a message to our self-worth for us to be very clear with people that what we want and what we need is important to us and we believe we deserve it. All right. Number seven, start saying no to things that don't serve you. And again, don't over explain. I'm going to link to another show that I've done specifically on saying no and how to not feel guilty when you say no. Because this is another big one where we, again, put all these other people as more important. We put so much stock in everybody else's happiness. What if we were to equal that stock in our own goddamn happiness? Start saying no to things that don't serve you. Start taking a quick little inventory, especially if you are overwhelmed, stressed out. You feel like you're going, 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 going. It's likely that you need to say no to something, all right? So start looking at this. What do you need to start saying no to? Whom do you need to start saying no to? Are there obligations or things that you feel, I have to do this? Is that really true? Or have you signed yourself up for that? Start looking at ways in which you can decline those things that you don't want to do. Now, there are situations, and you may have found yourself in one like this, where you genuinely want to do all the things for all the people. You just simply don't have all of the time. And that becomes a matter of priority and where you can say, I really wish I could participate in this project or handle this thing for that person, but I have to be really realistic about how much I can take on at one time. And then making decisions based off of what are the most important things to me in my life, okay? Starting to say no to things that do not serve you. And again, a reminder to not over-explain. No is a complete sentence, y'all. I'm sure you've heard that. All right, number eight, schedule time for yourself. Since you're going to be saying no, and again, you don't have to say no to absolutely fucking everything. You just want to start scaling back a little bit, making sure that everything that's on your calendar is stuff that genuinely fulfills you and lights you up. And how about getting some time on there for your fucking self? Now, I'm not talking about Oh, bubble baths in the way that self-care gets kind of a bad rap in our society. Self-care does not always mean a fucking bubble bath, but it certainly can be. Self-care can be simply about time doing shit you want to do, whether or not anybody else understands. One of my absolute favorite things to do is watch 
nonstop back-to-back true crime documentaries while I am doing my toenails or doing my fingernails or knitting or cross-stitching or doing something that I genuinely love completely by myself. And I have found that if I don't have those little snippets of time each and every week, I feel significantly more depleted. I am far more introverted than I think a lot of people would think. I'm gregarious and outspoken and I'm a very outgoing introvert, but I recharge by myself. I don't recharge with a huge grouping of people. And I have learned that I have to honor that and truly schedule time for myself. So I want you to think about this, no matter what it is, whether it's I've been wanting to go shopping, I've been wanting to dig into this new book, I've been wanting to open that home study program that I bought a long time ago, I want to start working on this garage project of reorganization because it just lights my heart on fire to see all the tubs labeled perfectly. It doesn't fucking matter what it is. If it is of merit to you, it deserves time and attention on your calendar. And it may not be a full day. It may just be an hour or so here and there. But start to take up motherfucking space for yourself. Schedule time. Number nine, accept compliments. Accept compliments. The only thing that you need to do right now, the first baby step, is to say thank you. That's it. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to explain. You don't have to talk them out of it, for God's sake. (laughs) So it sounds something like this. Somebody gives you a compliment. Oh, hey, you did an amazing job on that report or that presentation. And instead of absorbing it, instead of saying, yes, thank you, I appreciate that, we try to talk them out of it. Oh my gosh, it was so last minute and I didn't get to do the PowerPoint the way I wanted to and blah, blah. Shut, just shut up. No, say thank you. Look them in the eyes and accept that goddamn gift that they gave you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That means so much to me. That's it. You don't have to say, I did, right? I did a good job. Now, that's kind of where I have evolved to. <laughs> so I like to go, you know what? Thank you. I'm really proud of myself. I appreciate you noticing that. I have gotten to a place now after many, many years of practice where I can concur. Now, you might not be at that place, but at the very least, your baby step is going to just be saying thank you. This is another one that I've done an entire episode on, so I'll link to that in the show notes. If there are any pieces of this that really pop out and stand out to you, be sure to check the show notes so you can take a deeper dive into any number of these topics. I will also mention that when it comes to receiving compliments, that is also a major, major piece of the manifestation process. We did a series on manifestation, particularly about manifesting healthy relationships uh, a while ago. And one of the key elements of actually creating into existence the things that you want is the ability to receive. And one of the very small things that you can do if you're trying to manifest anything in your life, doesn't matter what it is, money, career, relationship, whatever, if you get in the habit of actually receiving, compliments can be one of them, you start sending out that energetic message to the universe of like, oh, yeah. 
she'll take it. She'll take what she's asking for because once it gets delivered to her, she absorbs it. All right? So accepting those compliments. Number 10, know that you can change your mind, your beliefs, your opinions, and your stances. You are allowed to grow. You are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to think differently than you may have in the past. There are so many things, just even since I've started this podcast, that have dramatically changed for me. I'm allowed. That's okay. If you grew up in a very religious household, there is a lot of dogma and stuff that you may be up against. That's something that I've had to contend with myself. And there will be those who do not like the new iteration of you. This also happens not just in the religious context, if someone, quote, leaves the faith or something like that. But I see this all the time with my students, where once they stop being such a people pleaser and caring so much about what other people think and twisting and contorting themselves to make everybody else happy, the people in their lives that are leaning towards toxic tendencies don't like the new powerful version of themselves. They don't like that new version of the student who has learned how to believe in their own self-worth so much so that they boundary their ass off and they speak up when things are offensive to them. That can be a byproduct of really growing and developing as a person is not everybody likes that new version of you. They like the doormat version of you. And I'll say this too, if if any of these things that I've been listing off feel like a monumental task where you're going, I don't even know the first place to start. I can't imagine just accepting a compliment. I, I never am able to say no to things. I have a really difficult time putting myself on, on my own schedule. Then please, please, please visit the link in my show notes or go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. This is a masterclass that I've put together for you that really chronicles the work that I do in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my primary program that I teach that spans almost four months. And it is designed to help you get to a place where you genuinely believe that you are worthy of the life that you want, that you are enough. That is one of the biggest, most prevailing beliefs that people come to me with is I'm simply not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving of love. And then by the time we are done, they are standing in so much fierce fucking power that they are ending relationships that no longer serve them. They are manifesting relationships that they do want. They are starting businesses. They are going for promotions. They are quitting smoking. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff because they actually finally believe that they are fucking worthy of it. And when we don't believe we're worthy, we start doing things like trying to be perfect because then maybe I'll be valuable or trying to make everybody else happy. People please, people please all the time or being riddled with chronic self-doubt where you just never can even trust yourself. So if you ever fall into that place, that is exactly what we change and untangle in Deep Down and Dirty, it is scientifically proven. We do it through working with the subconscious faculty of the mind through some hypnosis modalities. It is radically transformative and powerful, and I've seen it happen for hundreds of women who never believed it was possible for them. They, they come in thinking they are uniquely broken, and it works for everybody else, but it won't work for them. And then I see it like clockwork every single time. They go, wait a minute. 
I am fucking enough. I am enough. I am worthy. So if you want to start that process, the workshop is your first step. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Have a watch through that masterclass. Have a pen and paper handy. Take tons and tons of notes. And then if you want to talk to somebody about if deep down and dirty is the right option for you, you will see an opportunity to do that where you can book a call with a member of my team. And then they can talk about your exact issues that you've been challenged with and how deep down and dirty may or may not be the right solution for you. We'll be very clear with you if we think it's right for you or not. So again, the notes will be in the, or the link will be in the show notes. All right. So we got number 10, know that you can change your mind, your beliefs, your opinions, and your stances. You are allowed. Number 11, practice shutting down conversations where someone doesn't believe in you. Do not waste your time trying to persuade somebody to see what you are capable of. We get into these arguments, right, where we want to be right instead of recognizing, oh, this person doesn't believe in me or they don't see what I'm capable of. Okay, I'm going to just shut this down instead of trying to talk them into it. Please see my worth. Please see how this is a good decision for me. Please, please, please agree with me instead going, you know what? Maybe I made a mistake in bringing this to you. Or clearly we have a difference of opinion about this. I think we should probably end that here. Don't let somebody keep destroying your dreams, telling you why things aren't possible, telling you why maybe you don't have the innate talent for that. Or that's not realistic for somebody like you. Shut that shit fucking down. And and acknowledge that a lot of times we are sharing that with somebody who we genuinely want them to believe in us. But if they start showing you that they're not capable of that, don't try to persuade them. All right? We're not in court. We're not trying to win a case. We are walking the fuck away from people who cannot see our biggest life, who cannot see our dreams and acknowledge them. All right? So that's number 11, shutting down conversations where somebody doesn't believe in you. And that can be very simple as saying, you know what, I think it may not be the best time for us to discuss this. Or, you know what, to be really honest with you, this is something that I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable around and it's really important for me to be discussing it with people who champion me. And if you're not capable of doing that, we should probably move on. Shut it down. Okay, number 12. This is something that I got from Shonda Rhimes, who's obviously a brilliant media creator and you know has done Grey's Anatomy and all sorts of incredible things. And she has this awesome quote where she says, I always think that's the most important thing, to feel like you belong in every room you are in. So number 12 is decide that anywhere you desire to be, you belong. It is yours for the taking. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be massive barriers to break down or people's biases or prejudices that need to be demolished before you really do have a seat at the table. But what we can work on right now is believing that you deserve it. Sure, there's going to be barriers, of course, but let's start with the belief that I get to have that career. I get to have that relationship. I am deserving of that level of success. I'm deserving of that career just by virtue that I want it and desire it. 
And a lot of this can be related to sort of an imposter complex. You can take a look back. We did a series quite a few months ago on imposter complex and how some of our greatest, most creative minds, Meryl Streep, uh, Michelle Obama, Tina Fey, Maya Angelou, have all talked about having massive bouts of imposter complex. And what it comes down to is not that you don't have the doubt, but that you work from the place of courage. So instead of being so terrified to go after those things, to take up space, to take a seat at the table, to demand a seat at the table, that we go, no, I'm going to behave from a place of courage. And and this is, again, a lot of the stuff that we work work with in Deep Down and Dirty is even though those thoughts come up, we don't allow them to rule the existence. They don't get to be embedded as the core belief system. The belief system is now I am allowed to take up space. Anywhere I desire to be, I belong, period. I belong. It is mine for the taking, all right? Number 13. Now, this one is delicate and it depends on your scenario. Number 13, don't automatically move out of people's way. Now, as somebody, I'll speak from my own lived experience. I find that as a woman, I find that a lot of men, particularly older white men, expect that if we are walking towards one another on a street or on a sidewalk or in the grocery store, that I would be the one to move out of the way. Now, again, that is my experience. I am certain for other groupings of people, it is extremely different as well. But I find that just not always, oh, let me move out of your way. Oh, let me step over here. Oh, let me... Now, if you're if you're totally monopolizing an area and somebody's trying to get the peanut butter behind you, like, come on. Yeah, that, of course, be courteous. But if I get that energy from somebody, like, I expect you to move out of the way because you are lesser than, I stand in my, I stand in my fucking power. I do this, too, when somebody is really blatantly staring at me, uh, again, usually older white men, and it makes me uncomfortable, I stare right fucking back in their eyes. I take up just as much space. Now, again, this goes back to what I was talking about at the very beginning, that you have to have your safety as the number one important thing. I may not do that in a scenario where I don't feel as safe, but if I'm in the middle of the fucking grocery store... Yes, I absolutely will. When I'm surrounded by people, when I know that I'm my physical danger or my physical safety is not in danger. But start thinking about that, looking at are there ways that I'm always bowing to others, moving out of their way? And I really want to trust you with this. This is not something that you take and become a total asshole and inconsiderate, and that can definitely be a place where self-help goes wrong. But start just examining your own physical cues. Do you naturally move out of somebody's way? And if you do, is it a specific reason why with that specific type of individual? 
And is there a social construct that's happening there? And that's something that I've realized, again, as a woman, that it tends to be that I will move out of the way for men. And I've stopped doing that in most scenarios where I'm like, you can walk around. I'm not going to allow you to just plow through me anymore. I'm taking up that literal physical space. Another way to do this is number 14, look people in the eye. This is a, I am equal. I am allowed to be here. I am allowed to have my thoughts, my opinions. I'm allowed to be engaged in this conversation. It's sort of the, an additional piece of power posing. Like I was talking about with the confidence poses with Amy Cuddy. It's saying, no, I don't need to put my eyes downward, right? And that's what we've seen throughout history. Like you, <laughs> people who are in power, you don't fucking look, look them in the eye. You don't look at them in the eye. Like even mythological stories that we have, it's like these gods and goddesses, you don't look at them. And then we see that manifested in so many cultural issues throughout the centuries. Being able to say, I am allowed to look where I want to look. I can look you in the eye. I can stand in my own power there is taking up physical space. And again, do so when you are, when it's safe. Number 15, in the face of fear, choose courage. You're going for the promotion. You're asking somebody out. You're investing in a property. You want to start a new business. You're going back to school. You are going to have fucking fear. You are going to have it. It's not about the absence of fear. It's about choosing courage in the face of fear. Because after all, courage cannot exist without fear. We have to have it in order to be brave, in order to do things that really matter. We actually have to have that fear response. Again, I think this series on imposter complex can be really helpful in talking about this as well. Because that really is the big difference I see with, quote, successful people. It's not that they don't have doubts. It's not that they don't wonder if they're worth it every once in a while. It's that they don't let that thought win. They still choose the courage. They choose the action. They choose the bravery. And again, a huge, huge through line that I see with the students that I work with. They stop letting fear rule the show. They still have it, but they choose courage instead. And it changes everything. Number 16, literally tell yourself you are allowed to take up space. Especially when you've been riddled with inner critic chatter or feeling like an imposter. Say that to yourself. Say it in the mirror. Use the phrase, you are allowed to take up space. In fact, we know from a psychological standpoint that if we say you or Amy, you are allowed, we use our, our first name, instead of saying I, I am allowed to take up space, it tends to be more palatable, easier for us to believe. You can say either one. I don't give a shit. It's more so about what can I lock into, what can I believe, what feels more doable. Just simply telling yourself, especially in those instances where you're going into 
a workplace scenario that you're feeling a little bit shaken about, like, do I deserve to take up the space here? Tell yourself you do. Rehearse it. When you're on your way to that interview, when you are telling somebody that you don't want to be in a relationship any longer, you are allowed to take up this space. You are allowed. Finally, number 17, respect your own time. This kind of ties into the saying no stuff, decline events, decline obligations, requests, don't schedule over your me time. Don't put you as the last priority. Respect your own time. If you are dealing with people who don't respect your time, start severing those relationships. If you have that friend who's always an hour late, boundary your ass off or figure out a new way. Like that is no longer acceptable for your time to be disregarded and wasted, no matter how bad they are at timing. Start looking at those situations. Where do I waste time? One of the things that I've noticed in my career is respecting my own time and hiring the appropriate people that I need, actually delegating and giving things to other people, amplifying the respect that I have of my own time. So there you go, 17 ways that you can start taking up space. Let's haul through these really quickly in a recap. Number one, stop apologizing and over-explaining. Number two, stand in powerful body posture. Number three, make peace with your body. Take up the literal physical space. Number four, speak up when you are offended. Number five, speak up in general. Number six, ask for what you want and need. Number seven, start saying no to things that don't serve you and don't over-explain your reason why. Number eight, schedule time for yourself. Number eight, practice accepting compliments. Just say thank you. Number 10, know that you can change your mind, beliefs, opinions, and stances you are allowed. Number 11, practice shutting down conversation where someone doesn't believe in you. Number 12, listen to Shonda Rhimes. Decide that anywhere you decide to be, you belong. It's yours for the taking. Number 13, don't automatically move out of people's way. And again, there's lots of caveats with that one. So please pay attention to the the specifics there. Number 14, look people in the eye. Number 15, in the face of fear, choose courage. Number 16, literally tell yourself you are allowed to take up space. Number 17, respect your own time. I'm hoping that there are a handful of these that will be really helpful for you. Again, I think it would be awesome if you checked out the episode from last week as well with Andrea Owen talking about making noise, taking up space. And then there's a whole slew, an arsenal of different resources in the show notes for this week. And again, if you want to dig deeper, if you really are done with fear and self-doubt completely riddling your existence and ruling your existence, please check out thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and see if Deep Down and Dirty is the the right step for you. I'd be honored to support you. So next week, we're going to start our series on self-abandonment. I can't wait to introduce this to you. And I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most bad.
podcast. Like.